Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, June 30th. Coming up, why is Kansas City such a dangerous place for pedestrians? But first, some headlines. St. Luke's Health System, one of the largest hospital systems in the area, resumed offering emergency contraceptives yesterday after originally saying it would no longer provide Plan B at its Missouri locations. KCUR's Savannah Hawley reports. St. Luke stopped providing emergency contraception Tuesday due to concerns its clinicians could be prosecuted under Missouri's abortion ban. But following comments from Attorney General Eric Schmidt's office clarifying that the law does not apply to contraception, the hospital said it will resume providing Plan B. In a statement, a spokesperson for St. Luke's said that, quote, the ambiguity of the law and the uncertainty even among state officials about what this law prohibits continues to cause grave concern and will require careful monitoring. Missouri Governor Mike Parson signed sweeping legislation yesterday that makes it a crime for homeless camps to be established on state-owned land. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The law also redirects some state and federal funds toward temporary camps for people experiencing homelessness. And it paves the way for the Missouri Attorney General to sue local governments who do not enforce these laws, with the risk that they could lose state and federal money for housing and homelessness. The law was based on a template bill written by a conservative think tank in Texas. Hundreds of homeless service providers are opposed to the bill, arguing it criminalizes people who sleep outside because they do not have housing. Johnson County election officials and political party leaders say they're seeing a surge in voter engagement ahead of the August 2nd primary. From the Shawnee Mission Post, Kyle Palmer reports. The spike in activity comes in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling last week overturning Roe v. Wade. In the last week, the Johnson County Election Office says it has fielded well over 1,000 inquiries regarding early voting and voter registration ahead of next month's primary. Likewise, both county Democratic and Republican Party officials say they have seen a run on people wanting yard signs, urging either a yes or no vote on the Value Them Both amendment. If approved, that amendment would make it so that the Kansas Constitution does not include a right to abortion, potentially paving the way for more severe restrictions like those already in effect in neighboring Missouri and Oklahoma. All of the train passengers killed in the Amtrak wreck Monday were from the Kansas City area. KCUR's Frank Morris reports. Two women from DeSoto, Kansas, Kim Holzapple and Rochelle Cook, were pronounced dead at the scene of the crash near Menden, Missouri. A GoFundMe account set up to help with expenses says the two were sisters and that their mother and one of their daughters were hospitalized. An 82-year-old Kansas City man, Ben Fom, died at a Columbia hospital on Tuesday, according to the Missouri State Highway Patrol. The train derailed after smashing into a loaded dump truck crossing the tracks. The truck driver, Billy Barton II, who was from Brookfield, Missouri, not far from the crash site, also died. In the past two weeks, there have been five car accidents in Kansas City involving pedestrians, including one on June 23rd that left a pedestrian dead. So far this year, the pedestrian death toll exceeds the number of deaths this time last year. Officials and citizens are working on ways to reverse that trend. KCUR's Savannah Holly reported on how bike lanes and sidewalk repairs could make life easier for people who don't drive in Kansas City. Here's our conversation edited for length. 
How many pedestrian deaths have there been this year, and how does it compare to previous years? So there have been 44 pedestrian deaths already this year, and that's compared to 33 this time last year. So there's already been a huge jump um, in those deaths. But besides those deaths, um, these accidents just happen really frequently. There have been 1,485 deaths since 2017, um, so in the last five years, and pedestrians were 190 of those, or 13% of those deaths. And that's a huge issue because they're only 6% of overall travelers. So why is this happening? What does sidewalk infrastructure look like in Kansas City? So on the whole, sidewalk infrastructure looks incomplete, and that's why these are happening. So when you see sidewalks, um, even in really nice neighborhoods, um, some stretch of them might be crumbling or just non-existent. Um, you might have had this happen to you before where you're walking along a sidewalk and then it just kind of stops for grass and you maybe have to yes. cross the street or you have to walk on the street. That has happened to me a lot. <laughs> and that's very common in Kansas City. And so there's also been tree planting issues. So when the city was modernized uh, about half a century ago, they planted um, a lot of trees along the sidewalks, which um, is great for environmental reasons and also for shade. Um, trees are definitely wanted, but their roots, um, the types of trees that they planted have roots that kind of upend the sidewalk infrastructure. So that has become a huge issue that um, They've had to find new trees to plant in their place. But the majority of these um, crumbling and non-existent sidewalks exist in poorer or disinvested neighborhoods where majorly black and brown residents live. So what is the solution to trees, old trees whose roots are disrupting the sidewalk? Do they have to cut the tree down? I talked about that a little with Michael Kelly, um, who's the policy director at Bike Walk KC. Um, he says, by no means are these trees not wanted. Um, like I said, they're very good for the environment. They provide shade, especially as our climate is getting warmer. But when a tree completely upends a sidewalk, their solutions right now are sort of twofold. With the existing trees, they can either build the sidewalk around it when they fix it. Um, or in an unfortunate case, maybe if the tree's dying or if the tree just has to come down anyway, when they plant new trees or replace a tree, um, they now will use trees um, whose roots grow vertically into the ground instead of horizontally sort of on top because those other types of trees won't um, ruin the sidewalk moving forward. I didn't realize it depended on the style of tree. I had no idea either. <laughs> it was something very new I learned. So how does investment in pedestrian infrastructure compare to investment in car infrastructure in Kansas City? So the city invests in pedestrian infrastructure through multiple different avenues. Um, one of the major ways that they invest in both car and pedestrian infrastructure is through um, general obligation bonds, which were introduced in 2017. These come from an increase in property taxes, and the city overwhelmingly voted these in. Of about $800 million that is allocated for these geo bonds, um, only about 3% goes to sidewalks. Conversely, about 60% of those bonds go to car infrastructure, so roads and bridges. But the geo bonds have also changed how we invest in pedestrian infrastructure. So before the geo bonds were introduced, um, when a sidewalk was crumbling or when there was an issue with the sidewalk, people would have to report it through the city's 311 line. And the city would come out and inspect it, and if it did have to be repaired or replaced, they would send the bill to the property owner. Uh, this was an issue for many reasons because primarily the city had a huge wait list for these 301 complaints. So they weren't coming you know, the next day or the next week, they were coming maybe in the next year to look at the sidewalk. So that's a lot of time for people not to really be able to use that for mobility purposes. Second of all, think about the poorer neighborhoods um, having to pay for these 
uh, repairs when a lot of people didn't own their own home or were maybe renting. Uh, so if a property owner or a landlord didn't want to pay for the repair, they just wouldn't report it. So what is the city trying to do to make sure that sidewalks actually get repaired? Yeah, so with this geobond change, um, they've taken away that responsibility for the repairs from the property owner, and now the city covers those um, through that increase in the property taxes. As well, it's no longer up to only 311 for sidewalk repair reports. The city now investigates these sidewalks on its own, so it sends people out to, to see what the state of the sidewalks is. Within the geobonds, the city is currently working through a backlog. So currently they have a few years left um, to sort of finish up all of these sidewalk complaints that were made previous to this year, um, and then they'll start sort of proactively fixing the sidewalks. They also have a 1% sales tax for infrastructure improvements, and that's, uh, again, split between car infrastructure, building infrastructure, and sidewalk, but a portion of that goes to sidewalks as well. So what does all of this have to do with pedestrian deaths? Infrastructure is sort of the main thing that either keeps pedestrians safe or causes pedestrian deaths. Council member Eric Bunch, who represents the 4th District, talked a lot about this, that pedestrian deaths um, can be caused from a lack of crosswalks, a lack of sidewalks, or um, just a road that is way too busy for a residential area. A lot of roads that we have in Kansas City were built to highway levels, um, but they maybe run right through uh, a living area. So to tackle this, the city has introduced Vision Zero as well as Complete Streets. These two plans work to sort of eliminate fatalities that are caused through our car-centric infrastructure. So Complete Streets provides uh, guidelines to create multimodal ways of transportation to make sure that non-car users and car users have access to safe streets. And Vision Zero is solely focused on eliminating pedestrian fatalities. Uh, and, and you can see these changes through places like the Gillum Corridor over in Midtown. Um, they took a busy street with a lot of lanes and they reduced the amount of lanes on that street and made a bike lane um, that can be used by non-bikers as well. It could be used by walkers, runners, people wheeling or taking their baby in a stroller. Um, and they also have fixed the sidewalks around there. So that sort of corridor is the ideal for what they'll be doing to streets around the city as well. So who in the city is most impacted by inadequate sidewalks? Yeah, so like we said earlier, the crumbling and non-existent sidewalks exist mostly in poor or disinvested neighborhoods, um, primarily on the east side. And so that also correlates to who's most impacted through these issues. Councilwoman Melissa Robinson of the 3rd District told me that the 3rd District residents have been fighting for decades to get sidewalk repairs and sidewalks built in their neighborhood. Um, and she represents a large part of the east side. Um, the east side of Kansas City and other poor parts of Kansas City maybe don't have sidewalks at all, or the sidewalks that they do have are in such a state of disrepair that they're not really usable. So people have to walk on the street anyway. And that's what increases um, pedestrian accidents and fatalities in those areas, because if more people have to walk on the street, then they're more likely to get hit by a car. And also in poorer areas of the city, there's less car ownership. So you might not have a sidewalk in a really nice neighborhood, but it's okay because you can drive uh, anywhere you need to go. But in a poorer neighborhood where they're relying on public transit or just walking everywhere they go or biking, uh, they don't have those options. That was KCUR's Savannah Holly. 
This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez, Gabe Rosenberg, and Scott Cannon. To read Savannah's story about pedestrian infrastructure, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Julian always knew his grandmother had been a famous singer in Kansas City, but he didn't learn how raunchy her lyrics were until age 40. It really shocked me because my father never told me her music was like that. Yes, that's what I like. Meet the iconic Julia Lee on KCUR's podcast, A People's History of Kansas City.